You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. There's just over one day left of the transfer window and being Nottingham Forest, it's all happening. John Joe Shelby is signing, Kayla Navas might sign, Felipe might sign and some names we've not even heard of yet might sign as well. Joining me to discuss all that and the merits of it are first of all Reds fan Michael Temple. Temps, good morning, you well? Good, mate. Just looking forward to getting four more Brazilians in in the next 24 hours. It's going to be fun to watch. True, true. Uh, I say good morning. It's actually good afternoon. Uh, and second guest for the first part of the podcast is Chronicle Live's Newcastle United editor, Aaron Stokes. Aaron, thanks for joining us. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Good, good. Uh, like I say, we'll just keep you for 10 minutes or so at the start and then we'll let you go because I know you're a busy man and then we'll pick up the range with temps. But um, obviously, you can give us an insider view on uh, Shelby. He's signing on a two and a half year deal, we're all told. Um, just on the player, what 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 would you say about him? Because Forest fans were quite split when it was announced, but then you hear Eddie Howe really bigging him up today, and Newcastle fans seem quite gutted he's going. What's your take on the deal? Yeah, I think it's a it's split opinion on the Newcastle United fan base as well. I think depending who you're asked, and um, some think it's probably a very good deal and the right time for him to move on. Some have, you know, grown very very attached to him in the last sort of seven or eight years. The thing I would say with John Joe Shelby is. Um, he has really, really improved under Eddie Howe. And I think a lot of us are, are taking a bit of by surprise that they are going to let him go. I think by the sounds of it from what Eddie Howe was saying this morning, it's the player's decision and he's, you know, really keen to move to Forest. And um, it, it's Shelby's had his chances to go in the past and the, the right move hasn't came up. And he's always, you know, been happy to sort of stay on the sidelines at Newcastle. But seemingly now he feels like it's the right time to go. Um, you know, Forest are clearly offer him. You know, a bit of security that he doesn't currently have at Newcastle, given the, you know, the influx of talent in the last couple of transfer windows. So, if you're going to ask me personally, I think I'm sad to see him go because, you know, on his day, he is a fantastic midfielder. Yeah, I mean, talk to us about what kind of midfielder he is. A mate of mine said he's really good on the ball, but you've got to have someone doing all his running around him. Is, is that fair? That's exactly spot on. I think, you know, in the games that Forest are going to dominate, you know, when they're probably playing lesser opposition, then that's where Shelby comes into his element. When he picks up the ball a lot, you know, his range of passing is absolutely fantastic. Um, and, you know, obviously I don't want this to happen, but should Nottingham Forest drop into the championship, um, they've got an absolute, you know, fantastic player there because really Shelby's best season for Newcastle United was when they actually dropped down to the championship a couple of years ago. Um, but you're exactly right. You, you do need a midfielder in there alongside him who's going to probably do the dirty work and, for many years, that was why him and Isaac Hayden worked so well because Shelby was this, you know, fantastic player with a ball he could pick out a Hollywood pass. But actually, Isaac Hayden did all the running and the grafting, and you know, without without Hayden alongside him, it probably wouldn't have worked. So, one thing I will say as well is that you know, I think Shelby has, has changed a little bit in that sense in the last year or so. Um, he was never really a good trainer at Newcastle. Maybe that was because Steve Bruce you know, didn't make the players train a lot. Um, but since Eddie Howe came in, he's really put, you know, the hard yards in on the training ground. He spent the summer in Turkey, you know, improving his fitness just before he got injured at the start of the season. So it does feel like he's changed, you know, sort of changed his style and, and he realised that he does actually have to work. You just got to hope that, you know, Steve Cooper isn't as Steve Bruce and actually does make him, you know, put the yards in and train him. I think he will. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm sure he will. What about um, fitness-wise? He's missed a lot of this season. I think he's missed quite a lot of football the last couple of years. 
should Forest be worried about that? Um, I mean, potentially, like like I say, over the summer, um, you know, he, he instead of going on holiday with his family, he went to trade uh, to Turkey to, you know, undergo this very very heavy training program. He looked very very sharp in pre season. He looked the sharpest we've seen him in years. And it just so happened that he picked up a very unfortunate hamstring injury before the season started, um, which has essentially ended his Newcastle career because he only needed two or three more senior starts to to trigger an extension um, in his contract. He's he's sort of worked himself back to fitness and then picked up a um, a separate injury, which he should be back from in about two weeks. We all thought it would be a bit a bit longer than that, but it looks like he's sort of ahead of schedule. So. If you can keep him fit, you know, you, you're getting a, a fantastic sign. And I think he would fit into that Forest group very nicely. He's a, you know, he's a senior member of the dressing room at Newcastle. He's clearly very loved by the players and Eddie Howe. Um, but also he isn't getting any younger. And I think, you know, two injuries in the space of six months, you would have to have a little bit of, you know, hesitation about him coming in, you know, and trying to help Forrest straight away. Obviously, he's not the only business Forest have done with Newcastle already. And then we'll ask you about one of the players that they've, they've been linked with. But Chris Wood's come in. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a very good debut, but I think it'd be very harsh to write him off. What would you say about Wood and his prospects of doing well at Forest for the rest of the season and beyond? Yeah, for whatever reason, it didn't work out for Chris Wood at Newcastle. He, he's really the only bit of business Newcastle have done in the last 12 months that actually you look at and think that that probably hasn't played out well. It's a real surprise because it's so easy to forget that before he joined Newcastle, he was so prolific at Burnley. You know, he was, I think he was only one of four players to have hit, you know, double digit goals in the Premier League for four consecutive seasons before he joined. So if you can get anywhere near that player that was at Burnley, I think, you know, Forrest will have really, really done a good deal. The style of play at Newcastle United just didn't suit him. You know, he, he, he was constantly chasing for scraps. They weren't putting enough balls in the box to him. And I think at Burnley, he was the go-to. He was the target man. The team sort of fitted around him, whereas he was trying to adapt to Newcastle's style, which is very, very different. Um, and he would he would get the odd goal. He would always step up for penalties. And you thought, right, he's found the net. Let's see him kick on and find this confidence. But he, it just it was just never going to happen. Um, I think Forrest caught Newcastle a bit on the hop with it. I don't think they were planning to let him go this month. Um but I think he's a good addition for you, and I'm I'm sad to see that didn't work out in Newcastle. Was he a factor in the the climb up the table last season? A lot of people said he played his part without goals. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you always need a good backup when you've got Callum Wilson because he spends so much time on the sidelines, and that was the case last year. You know, Wood was drafted in for a lot of games, and yes, he didn't um, he didn't you know bring a lot of goals, but he pressed from the front. He, his link up play was very good. Um, again, like Shelby, he was a big part of that dressing room. He was a leader, um, which again, you, you heard Eddie Howe last week saying that he didn't want to let him go either. I think it was just the finances of the deal made you know too much sense for Newcastle to say no. Um, so look, if he can hit the ground running, if if Steve Cooper can get him you know adapting to the system straight away, then I think it's going to be a good deal. You just got to hope that the last sort of twelve months of not finding the net too often hasn't sort of, you know, hindered his confidence and his progression too much. Uh, and just lastly, the other player I want to ask about, Forrest were, were interested and probably still are in Alan St. Maximum, which sounds a fanciful deal at the moment because, like, Newcastle can't keep selling players to us without having replacements. But <laughs> do you think that's plausible in the next 48 hours or however many hours are left before the deadline? 
Um, I don't think Alison Maximum will be leaving. Um, there's been a lot of talk of him in the last couple of weeks because he's obviously lost his place in this team. He can't seem to get his spot back at left midfield over um, Joe Linton or Joe Willock. You know, rumours that he's maybe not too happy with Eddie Howe, which have seemed to have been squashed in the last couple of weeks. But Eddie Howe was asked about it this morning and was quite unequivocal in his answer. And he said that Maxi won't be going anywhere in the in the next 48 hours. You know, in the summer, it might be a different scenario if, if St. Maximum can't sort of find his way back into this team in the next six months. I could easily see, you know, another Premier League team or a team in Europe taking a punt on him. Um because, you know, Newcastle probably do need to start offloading some of the players that they had under Bruce. And he's one that you think could probably fetch a good bit of money. But in the next 48 hours, I can't see him leaving Newcastle for, for Forrest or anyone else. Cool. Right. Uh, it's been a busy day for you. I know you've done Eddie House Press already, so we'll let you go. But but thanks for joining us, Aaron. Much appreciated. No problem. Thanks very much, guys. Cool. <clears throat> right. Temps. How where shall we start? Actually, I'm going to start with this. Um, thanks, Jack. After did you see it the other day, Tams, when someone said I look like hell? Yeah, I mean, even if you think someone does, you should never articulate that. That's why I always keep quiet. Man. <laughs> what did I, did I look like hell every time you see me? <laughs> <laughs> I've got stage lighting in here and all sorts. It's like a, it's like a Hollywood film set. The amount of lighting I've got in this office. Now you look fine, mate. Um, let's just before we get into the bigger picture. Then actually, we'll start on Shelby. Bearing in mind your initial thoughts of the deal and what you've heard from Aaron there, how are you feeling about it now? I know he can play. I know he's a talent, but you've got to be battle-hardened at this stage of the season. I just find it hard to understand how he's going to put a string of games together and, and stay fit after such a period out. So I'd love to be proved wrong because if you look at his highlight reel, look at him when he's had a run of games, be that at Newcastle or at Liverpool, he is exciting. He's creative. He can hit a football, can't he? I think he was he was quite prolific during some of his um his championship spells as well. That we we need a an all round um battle hardened midfielder who can do it consistently and can be resilient and stay fit. So my question mark with Shelby is not about talent because that's beyond question. I just wonder if he if he can be make himself readily available for all the games we have between now and the end of the season. Because if he is constantly flipping in, flipping out, I think it'll be a real challenge to to find a way to settle him into the side. I'd love to be proved wrong on the fitness point because his talent's beyond doubt. I think it's one of those deals that could go either way, isn't it? Like we saw there was scepticism around Kriate and Aurier from both of us. And they've come in and they've worked really well, although Aurier's injured and he might, uh, Kiate's injured, sorry. We'll have to see how he comes back. I think there's definitely a scenario where this works out really well for Forrest, but equally, there's just as much of a chance where it just doesn't work. I mean, obviously, there's the situation with Ryan Yates. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. Uh, but this isn't a like for like replacement. It feels like you've got to reshape your midfield again, haven't you? Because you, you know, you've got Danilo's going to have to do his running, or Freud's going to have to do his running, and now you're going to try and give Shelby the ball so Forrest have more possession. Is it the right time to be kind of reshaping the team for him and reshaping it for Chris Wood mid-season? I think they they see Shelby as an alternative to Mangala potentially because I think from what we've we've seen so far, Freud and Danilo seem pretty inked in now. And there's a, a big debate around who that third midfielder is. So I think he's coming to provide immediate competition for Mangala. I like having Scarpa in the team, but we, we, we've seen that, that 
that kind of creative attacking midfield force in the same side as as Brennan and and, uh, and Morgan Gibbs White. So yeah, it's going to be tough for him to to find his his place in the side. But there's so many question marks at the minute on the injury list. So I don't truly know how long we're without Hendo, Taiwo, Yatesy, Niakate, Richards, Koyate. So that's almost a quarter of your 25 who have got like indeterminate amounts of time on the sideline. I'll just go back to the, the point I've made already. I, I just question, unless they've had some kind of assurance from the medical, from the player, from, from the management around them, from, from Eddie Howe perhaps, that he is match ready, you know, can, can plug into a side straight away. Um, I just don't want to have another player with that question mark next to him. When's he going to be ready to go and to play 90 minutes? Because we have, not an injury crisis, but our depth is being hampered by having so many on the sidelines at, at, at this moment in time. True. Yeah, I mean, I think Steve Cooper will be doing press today, uh, probably in the next hour or so. So we might have a Ryan Yates update, but like you say, the, the timeline for the others is a bit woolly. In fact, I suspect the Yates timeline is going to be a bit woolly as well. So we'll have to wait and see. What do you think about O'Brien going out on loan as well? Letting him go and bringing Shelby in. Is that wise or not? Yeah, it hasn't worked out for O'Brien. So I've, I've got him alongside Toffolo and Dennis as the players that Forrest will be looking to to, to move on. Um, Colback, my understanding is, will probably leave Forrest at the end of the season. I know he's out of contract and has a desire to be closer to his, closer to his kids. So Forrest don't want to find themselves in that position that Newcastle are in where they can't get players in because they've, they've, they've got a few surplus requirements that they want to ship out. O'Brien, I think, was judged very quickly at the start of the season. He, he, he started, didn't he, against, uh, against Newcastle. He was, he was in that side. And I thought, having seen what he did last year, could be set for a, a pretty long spell in the, in the team. But then we had that second wave of signings and he was, he was down the pecking order very, very quickly. Uh, and for me, just just hasn't done enough to make himself an automatic pick. So yeah, I can I can live without O'Brien being in the squad. Do you think it's the, the end of him as a Premier League player? Because he's only 23, 24. If he goes and has a blinding six months in the Championship, could he come back and push for a place next season or be a squad player next season? I think that's his route back to the Premier League, isn't it? Is to to have another period of consistent excellence in the in the championship because of the the gulf between those those leagues he's not a physical player he's technically very astute he did everything in that Huddersfield side in the in the championship who were punching above their weight we identified him and Toffolo as the reasons for that but it but it hasn't worked out so no I don't think he's he's going to prove himself as a starting Premier League midfielder without setting the championship on fire for a, a longer period of time. True. Uh, someone in the comments makes a good point about his illness did seem to hamper him a lot. That certainly uh, is worth mentioning. Uh, let's move on to Felipe, who Forrest are another one they're chasing. I don't know if this will get over the line or or not. There's obviously competition for him. He was supposed to be going to Wolves at one stage, and I see Bayer Leverkusen are mentioned. He's 33. Uh, he's only got six months on his contract, so he's not going to cost a lot. I think he, he got sent off three times last season, but he's played for Brazil. He's playing at the top level of Atletico Madrid. So there's, again, pros and cons to the deal. What do you think about it? He's a horrible footballer, isn't he? And that's why I want him in the side. Because I think, <laughs> um, you just look at that clip where he flies into Foden twice, doesn't he? He sparks that melee in the in the Man City Champions League game where um, Grealish's hair ends up getting pulled. He's nasty. And 
if you're playing against him, you'd hate him. And I think those footballers that are marked by him know that they're in a game when they're around Felipe, relentlessly aggressive. Um, like you say, that red card record um, isn't anything to be proud of and would need to be tempered if he's going to be part of our um, you know, battle to become a, a safe mid-table side and not get dragged into a, a relegation scrap. You need 11 fellas on the pitch. So all of that said, I think he, he brings a certain leadership, nastiness, um, battle-hardened presence, which will make us harder to beat. So I'd support the signing. Um, equally, if he if he signs for if he signs for Wolves, he'll be hated by the rest of the Premier League because he he knows all the tricks. He knows when to uh, how to wind up uh, a, a, an opposition player. He just has to do it within the laws of the game because his temper's fled over a few times and it, it's it's cost his team. Yeah, like a six to eighteen month signing, I think it's fine. I mean, I've not seen him play much. In fact, probably the most I've seen of him is you know sparking a melee with Man City, as you say. So I can't... you know you know the represent the reputation of that Atletico team that he was in. Very hard to beat. Very nasty. Yeah. Very well organised. Exactly that. But there was there was an ag- aggression and a, yeah. uh, a you know j- just within the laws of the game at time spilling over was 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 their method, wasn't it? He he'll bring he'll bring a nastiness to the side. Uh, we discussed Keelan Navas the other day uh, with Greg and Dan Story, but what, uh, just quickly, your take on it? If it happens, are you you happy? No, because it's um, it, it puts the death nails in the transfer of Dean Henderson to Forest, which is the outcome that I think I, I really want. I think Greg Greg covered this perfectly in the in, in, in his episode of the podcast. Steve Cooper is not going to give you any honest answers to the prognosis for any of these players that are out injured. For a few reasons, he needs to keep the opposition guessing. He needs to manage his relationship with these players, but more importantly, he doesn't want to overpay in the market when he's trying to recruit their replacement. Refer back to the Toffolo fallout when um, Omar Richards' leg break was was discovered. So, my hunch is, reading how things have been going, that Hendo is out for a longer period of time than we perhaps anticipate. It looked more serious than a, a routine thigh strain um, when he went down, writhing in agony. On the flip, can we afford to have Wayne Hennessy in goal for the rest of the season? Probably not, given that we've seen, whilst he's a vastly experienced international goalkeeper, while his distribution is good, the difference in shot stopping between him and Dean Henderson demonstrates why Pendo's a number one and, and Hennessy's a number two. I just hate the scenario that in signing, let's say Navas could be anyone else on a 18 month, two and a half year contract means in all likelihood in Forest size, the money is spent. The number one shirt is, is locked down for 18 months and Dean Henderson toddles off into the sunset. So if look, I, I'd love to know how long Hendo is actually out for, because then I would grin and bear it with Hennessy for a, for a bit longer. I just fear if we if we sign Navas at 35 36 and he becomes the answer in the immediate term is at the expense of potentially signing Hendo who I rate far more highly uh, this is a heartbeat head thing <laughs> excuse me heartbeat head thing isn't it like when I heard about Navas perhaps ridiculously I was like no no I don't really like that because I want Dean Henderson to be our keeper for the next five years or whatever um and like you say this is the death knell of it I mean what you might even how do you keep Dean Henderson around and happy 
if he's sitting on the bench? Or how do you keep Navas happy if you brought him in and he's sitting on the bench? So, it, like you say, it depends on how long he's out for. I just I don't think you can have Dean uh, Wayne Hennessy in goal for the long term and be confident. If, it, if it's going to be, you know, Henderson only plays the last eight games of the season or something or available for, then that's another nine, is it nine games or so of uh, of Hennessy? That'll be a problem. So you probably do have to move. It all comes down to the injury timeline, doesn't it? But I really love Dean Henderson. I think if he was in any other team, I'd hate him, which is, you know, makes him all the more appealing as a forest keeper. I'd be gutted to see him go, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, what were the other ones we were going to talk about quickly? There's a few other names linked um, that might come and go in the next few hours. Uh, the Santos winger, Angelo, 18. Don't know anything about him, but sounds an exciting one. Any thoughts on that or just move on? Well, I think we've we've clearly got some kind of read in South America on uh, on, on emerging talent. So we're, we're not going to sign the fully formed 25-year-old who's playing any given position for their international team. So... We have to take some chances on next generation talent. Danilo, perfect example of that. If the same scouting network, if the same tools are identifying this player as having an equal amount of potential, then yeah, I'm all I'm all for it. However, Steve Cooper's not. He's thinking, what players can I get in for now that can impact the eleven, get us the points we need to to, to cruise away from that from that bottom three. So I, I don't think you're going to get um, much um, interaction with Steve Cooper when you present an 18-year-old Brazilian who might be something in four years' time. Hence why he is looking at players like Shelby, like St. Maximin, like Felipe, who, if fit, can make a, an impact now. So, yes, I'll always be excited when an 18-year-old Brazilian comes through the door, but he's not going to keep us up, is he? So it's, uh, it shouldn't be top of the agenda. Uh, talking of Brazilians, a link last night with an MLS striker called Breno, who plays for Cincinnati FC. Apparently, they paid $13 million for him. So, I don't know all that these, these days with the exchange rate. It could be anything. But I think it's about 12 million quid. Um, for Played for, would it be Flamengo and um, Sao Paulo, I think. I don't know. But there's not much you can say about these players. I've seen a lot of them. But the MLS, 23 years old, it doesn't scream a lot of pedigree. He's not been banging goals in left, right and centre, has he? No, I haven't got a lot of respect for for the um, for that level. Um, I think if you're truly going to emerge from South America and prove yourself, it, it's not the ideal staging post. You'd want to see some kind of European experience, really, rather than spending your, your early twenties in the the MLS. And I remember players like um, Rogers, who left Notts County to go and play over there, and, and, and banged them in pretty frequently. You know, it's um, it, it's not a high pedigree league. I think it's incomparable to the championship, let alone the Premier League. So I'd be I'd be very wary there. Uh, last one to ask you about just quickly: uh, Roman Sice, who the uh, ex-Wolves, slight bully, uh, plays in Turkey now. Had a great World Cup. I think he's about thirty-three as well. Might happen, might not. I mean, just quickly on that one: Would you be happy with that, or are we just getting another lower mid-table Premier League defender in? Yeah, I mean, do. <laughs> Look, if I think Felipe is the answer at the centre half, if he's if he's available on a um, a shorter term contract, he's he's ready to go. He had s- something slightly different to what we've got already. I think he's the answer. I wouldn't want to go too much further um, down the down the list. I think that we can discuss a thousand names, can't we? We, we? We're trying to assimilate around Chris Wood at the minute and, and work out a way to play with 
him. I think it would be really tough to sign another striker who necessitates a, a, another way of, of setting up and, and, and playing. There's a lot of players beyond those that we're talking about in a transfer sense that have been out for periods of time and could come back and impact the side. Jesse Lingard is probably the best example there who spent a spell um, outside of it. And if he comes back fit and firing, could be like a new signing. So, yeah, look, we're going to have... This is a long way from over, right? What time What time do you log off? Five to, five to midnight tomorrow night? Oh, God, probably later than that. It's normally like 1am by the time we've actually finished everything, isn't it? Um, yeah. Plen- plenty coming at us between between now and then. I, I just hope we stick to the plan. If that is if that is Shelby, Felipe, and maybe a keeper, if we can find the, the right deal, then, then great. There's a lot of expensive mistakes made in January. We're in the market because we need players, as is everybody else. People like Mikhail Antonio have been mentioned in the comments down there. That's far more the type of signing I'd, I'd, I'd like to see because we know that they can live with the level. I think the thing is, like, I just dread the last few days of transfer window with Forrest because you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, uh, yeah, I shouldn't say that in my job, but I just don't want panic signings of like we end up, is it how many at the moment? Three in? If it ends up being eight in and you're just thinking, where's that person going to play? What's that mean for that player? That would worry me. At the moment, though, they do need a midfielder if Yates is going to be out for a while, probably. And um, they do need a centre-half, we've been saying. So if they get that and they get a goalie if Henderson's out and they've got Chris Wood and Danilo looks really good forward-thinking business, then I think that's fine. I think the worry pre-January, we all said, was the signings have to improve the eleven, But I think the injuries have changed that picture a bit, haven't they? And it's made it uh, the kind of thing where you have to move and get bodies in. Otherwise, you'd be like where Leeds were last season. You've got the youth team on the bench. So we can't be too critical or too judgmental yet about anything, can we? So far from it. And I think I'm right in saying this is the first transfer window under a you know a, a new Supremo in, in that spot. But um, Sirianos lost his job ostensibly because of what happened in the player recruitment world in the, in the last two windows. But with hindsight and sitting in the position that we're in now... A lot of players recruited a year ago and six months ago have gone on to establish themselves in this side. So the likely 11 in the next game, it's only Worrell and Johnson that were pre-existing at the, at the club. Aurier, Bolly, Lodi, the keeper, Froiler, Danilo, Scarpa, Morgan Gibbs-White and Chris Wood have all been scouted, researched, purchased and, and bought into the club. So we, we can trust the process. There's always going to be fellows that, that come in and bounce off and it doesn't quite work out for. But those those signings weren't lauded on the way in, but we've we've seen the value in time as, as to how they've helped us to get into this position that we're in now, um, slightly ahead of, of, of those sides that are, are scrapping for their lives. So I, I do trust the process. I think Forrest have earned the right for fans to give them the benefit of the doubt on the signings they make because of the immense progress they've made in the in the last two windows. And, yeah, nothing would make me happier than someone coming in, like John Joe Shelby, demonstrating why we've seen some, something that nobody else has and seen him make an impact on the on the team. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've got faith. I was probably amongst those that weren't ever so excited about Aurier and Coyote. I dare say someone could go back six months and... Um, edit a little clip of, of, <laughs> of me passing my my opinion at, at, at that time, but 
Forest have got it right more often than not in the last tra- the last two transfer windows, and there's no reason to think they won't do it again this time around. Mm. The 25-man squads could be interesting after uh, on Wednesday morning. I'm not sure how it's going to look. There might be a few names edged out of it if they do get a couple more and they can't shift anyone like like Dennis and players like that. Mm. Um, just lastly on transfers, I mean, one thing we do know already is regardless, I mean, if they're in the Championship, it's obviously going to be upheaval. But if they're in the Premier League now, we know it's going to be a busy summer because they're going to have to shift some players out. If they want to evolve and push on, they're going to have to be busy again in the summer, aren't they? Yeah, they are. So, I mean, I've I've started to, to draft out here who I think might be on that that list. I think they'd shift Dennis now if they could. I understand he might be a, a bit resistant to uh, to leaving before the summer. Um, Colback's out of contract. So I think naturally he'll he'll disappear, having been a great servant for the club. You could see Toflo and O'Brien wanting to, to to shift, obviously, given that they haven't established themselves in the in the way that they thought they they might. Um, and Omar Richards might have his Forest career completely passed by by the emergence of Lodi. Um, you know, I say emergence. I mean, in a form sense, from where he was to where he is now, there's the possibility we we could look to make that one permanent. You look at players like Nico Williams. Like he he won't abide sitting out for a for a, uh, the rest of the season um, if if Aurier comes back in and and, and dominates that position. As he has, so yeah, there'll be a, a lot of upheaval for a lot of transfer windows um, to come. We'll sit there passing judgment, but ultimately, individual performances and results um, are, are what's going to make the make the difference. So while we debate this and we at, we attach recent injury um, uh, pedigree and recent performances to uh, to, to any signing, Forest have far more tools at their disposal now to make sure they don't make mistakes. There's always that overlay of the of the, of the human view, maybe a, a bit of uh, an input from the from the ownership. So anything could happen, um, but I'm I'm still uh, absolutely adamant that because of the players that we've got, the style we found, the manager that we're in possession of, we will not get relegated this season, and that's all that matters. Cooper's the key to it, isn't he? Still, I mean, it doesn't to me. It, in a sense, it obviously matters who the players are, but as long as Cooper's mm. there with the squad they've assembled, I think they'll be all right. You've got you know the owners certainly doing all he can in terms of backing him and you know giving him players at his disposal amongst these injuries. So yeah, I remain confident. Uh, how are you feeling about Wednesday? Before we go, are you particularly bothered about it now the tie's dead? No, look, I, I want Forrest to win the game and to to, to make a, a good account of themselves, but it's it's not a priority. We're three nil down going into a second leg at, at Old Trafford, where you know even if they were to rest players, they're still going to put quality in there. So it, it doesn't matter. It's a it's it's a free hit. I'll support Cooper if he plays his strongest side. I'll support him if he if he rests four or five. Um, our, our job as fans is to get behind the boys. Um, Particularly when the the league action resumes, because if looking slightly further ahead, if if we beat Leeds, we put ourselves into a into a great position. Wednesday's a free free hit for me. One or two boys in the comments mentioning players like um, Taylor and Cafu. They're not even in the twenty five. Like mm. They're they're merely employees of Forest. They're not they're not footballers for Forest anymore. So um, our, our mission there is to get them out in the most efficient way that we we can. But they're not badly paid, and it's it's tough to, um, to to ship boys on in in some of these circumstances. But yeah, we've there's more than enough in this in this squad already to stay up. I think Wednesday will be a a, a bridge too far, but 
let's enjoy the occasion for what it is. I'm surprised no uh, no lower cha- end championship clubs in crisis have come in for like Lyle Taylor or Cafu or a foreign club for Cafu because they need you know obviously no football is a problem but they could do a job in the championship still. I'm surprised no one's going. Obviously Harry Arto is you know a case unto himself. They'll never shift him until the, until the contract's done. But yeah, that's a bit of an interesting one. I remember um, Lyle Taylor, Matt. I remember Lyle Taylor doing that interview with Sky Sports News where he, he refused to play for Charlton for a period of time because this move to Forest was was life-changing in a, in a financial sense for him. So, you know, he's, he hasn't come cheap. He arrived with a, a, a reputation and perhaps the potential to be a, a 20, 20 goal man. And, you know, we'll all remember that great day at, at Bristol. Didn't, didn't quite deliver. It's tough to ship these guys on. They're not going to rip up their contract. They've, you know, signed it in, in good faith. And there's no lack of effort from 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 Lyle Taylor or from or from Cafu. But in this mad world of Premier League football, they find themselves able to train but but not play. So that's the other half of this transfer window, isn't it? We're we're desperately trying to get players through the door, but we're also trying to minimize the cash that we spend on these lads that can't even get a space in the in the car park. So yeah, shout out to all the football administrators who are having a very stressful 48-hour period and waiting by fax machines and, and all the rest of it while Matt and, Matt and I sit here casually passing judgment on their work. <laughs> it's a slight concern for the summer, though, isn't it? And the the windows beyond. Like Forest are bringing players in on really good money here. Mm. And the question is, where do they go next if they're on long deals? I mean, it's, all, it's fine for Jesse Lingard. And if Felipe comes in, I imagine it'll be a shorter deal. But... I mentioned stockpiling in the summer. That just remains a concern. I know the be-all and end-all is stay in the Premier League. We just hope there's forward planning still, don't we? Well, I see a core emerging there. I see Brennan Johnson and Morgan Gibbs-White, um, Danilo uh, being in this this team for a, for a long time. I'd, I'd like to add Henderson and, and, and Lodi to that number as well. So you, you can see a, a core emerging of of players that we all agree are vital to the future success of the of the club, but it's 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 an art and a science, isn't it? You can't just parachute someone in and they continue their form. Someone will emerge from nowhere, and someone will drop off after after five years of consistently consistency. So I, I, I equated to a, a mate of mine who, who was a concert promoter in London, and he said, "Look." I win two thirds of the time. I lose one third of the time, and in my line of work, that's fine. I think it's the same with football scouts and football managers. Never ever are you going to sign three players in succession who all become hits. But if it's if it's two out of three, you, you're doing something right. So, yeah, trust the trust the processes that that Forest have got because that's why we've landed players like like Lodi and and and, and Morgan Gibbs White. But I would I would like to see a core emerge. Who are discernibly part of the forest side for a for a, for a long period of time, and that we can have a win a, a, a transfer window where we're polishing the windows rather than trying to build new walls. Yeah, and this is the way Forest have done business under Marinakis and Olympiakos do business under Marinakis. It's not necessarily a particularly traditional way, but they, they are pretty prolific in the transfer market and I think that's just the way it's going to be and you know we'll see how it pans out but all signs very good so far and still very confident they'll stay up right uh, I think we'll leave it there because the situation's so fluid this will be dated by the time you know I eat my lunch basically but uh, thanks to everyone who's joined us and commented as ever very much appreciated and if you did like it do give us a good review on iTunes subscribe on YouTube etc etc Temps thank you very much
Thanks, mate. Just you asked about the your appearance earlier. There's someone in the comments who says you've got the world's most expressive eyebrow. Yeah, I so I think you've, got, you've got to take that as a massive compliment, I think. I suppose so, yeah. It's that Cara Delevingne's that model with the eyebrows, isn't it? They can pay self to her. <laughs> you've, gone, you've gone too yeah. far. I've gone way too far. It was. I did see that comment, yeah. I passed over it, but I'm glad you, you spotted it, right? We're back on Thursday with, uh, I think, Nathan Tyson looking at the second leg and ahead to Leeds, and one of the regular chaps will join us. In the meantime, have a good week, everyone. Enjoy deadline day if you can, and we shall see you soon.